Hi, this is Tom Capone, the host of Life Stories, which is part of my podcast uh, called Spoilers Alerts. I am here with Marilyn Cowell. Marilyn, welcome. Thank you. I want to thank you for being a part of our uh, conversation today. Before we begin talking about uh, your experiences growing up here uh, in, on Long Island, I want to first thank uh, the Oceanside Library and Tony Iovino for giving us the opportunity to be able to sit down the way that we are this morning and sharing stories that are meaningful to, to you and hopefully to those who listen in uh, to this podcast. So thank you again for joining me. Thank you for having me. So Marilyn, how did you um, come to find out about the Life Stories podcast? From the uh, Oceanside Public Library Playa. Okay. Uh, is it something that you immediately felt drawn to or did, you, did your family sort of uh, help to move you no. in this direction? How, how, did, how was it that you wound up here this morning? Well, my family thinks that I have a very interesting history and they wanted me to record it or uh, write it down so they would have it mm -hmm. um, for a long time. So when I saw this, it was something that um, was just, uh, you know, in conjunction with what I wanted to do as far as recording my history. Well, I'm very happy to be a part of a process that gives people a chance to share their stories. I'm going to tell you that I began interviewing my father as part of these life stories that are uh, inspired by StoryCorps. And sitting down with my father, um, I realized there were things that I didn't know growing up. And um, I loved being able to hear stories for the first time, which was a surprise to me, but I was very happy that I was able to, to elicit those stories from him. And now my, my siblings and my, my kids and nieces and nephews and members of the family now are um, hearing stories that they haven't really heard from him uh, throughout the years. So I hope that this provides you and your family with a chance to perhaps hear something that they haven't heard throughout the years. So that's uh, something that we'll look forward to, to hearing, to see if that's the case. Okay. So Marilyn, why don't you talk a little bit about your childhood. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Brooklyn, in East New York, and uh, I had a very interesting childhood. Um, I was born in 1943, and after, um, after I was born, my mother uh, actually deserted me. Um, my father had tuberculosis at that time, and years ago when you had tuberculosis, you were sent to a sanitarium in mm -hmm. uh, upstate New York, mm -hmm. usually, and so he had to go into a, hosp a hospital and my mother put me in foster care. Did you have any siblings? No. I think there were siblings from her first marriage, but mm -hmm. not from my father. Mm -hmm. um, and um, when my father came out of the hospital, um, he, said he started looking for me. He couldn't find me, and I was in Kings County Hospital with malnutrition. So he took me. He eventually found you. Yeah, he did find me. And, then and how long were you there? Well, I was there for maybe a few years. That it's not totally clear as mm -hmm. far as the dates are concerned. Mm -hmm. But he knew he was dying. He had um, this tuberculosis that affected his heart and his lungs, mm -hmm. and he wanted to find someone to adopt me. So he found you. How old were you at that point? I was three. And then how much time did you have together before he Not passed? much time, because I, he did find someone to adopt me, 
and um, that the adoption went through November 6, um, 1946, and he died at my adopted mother's house on December 31st, 1946. So. That is um, quite a story, and um, this is something that you have, your, your family does know this? Yes, yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm curious about the, uh, the the siblings that you you may have had or you do have. Did you ever connect? They were half. No, I never connected because my uh, birth mother just disappeared out of the picture, and mm -hmm. I never connected with her. All right. So you were adopted, and you were in Brooklyn. Yes. For a number of years. My parents lived. My adopted parents mm -hmm. lived in Brooklyn, and we lived on Ashford Street in Brooklyn, in East New York, mm -hmm. and then shortly after the adoption went through, they got divorced. And my mom had no money, so she had to go to work. You know, mm -hmm. during those years, there were, divorces were not a popular thing like they are today, or an accepted thing, and there weren't any support systems. Mm -hmm. So she went to work in a factory, and I had to stay with her mom, my, gra my adopted grandmother. Right who was a very abusive person. Um, so I stayed with her uh, during the week when my mom was working, and then on the weekends, my mom would come and take me to her house. Mm -hmm. So, so this, this went on for a few years. So prior to you starting school, and then as you uh, started? Yes. I was elementary in a, school, you were? I was in, uh, one of the original children that were in preschool. Really? <laughs> yeah. I went to a school in a temple nearby. Which is interesting because of what you're doing now, but we'll come back to that. Okay. <laughs> um, so you, you grew up uh, with the, your adopted family. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was life like then once things sort of settled? and, and what, Well, what was it, it was like? difficult because my grandmother was a very strict disciplinarian and I was very frightened of her, but, um, and lived for the weekends when my mom would take me. Mm -hmm. And my mom was a very unusual person. In what way? She taught me to be strong. She was a very strong lady. And she used to say, I have to put, if I said I wanted something or something, she would say, I have to put a meal in your belly, a pair of shoes on your feet, an outfit on your body and a roof over your head and just remember anything else that you get out of life appreciate mm -hmm. and that's how I grew up. One of the things that I was going to ask you later on I'm going to ask it now but I think I already know the answer to the question but um, looking back now at the experience that you just shared with us uh, can you pinpoint uh, a person who was the most influential most influential to you while you were growing up, looking back. My mom. And it was your mom. Yes. Um, well, she... Um, she was a tough lady, but she was loving also. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, for instance, when I was eight years old, I had a reading block I couldn't read. Mm -hmm. well, I had gone through a lot of turmoil, and that's probably why. Mm -hmm. But during... The, so school was very difficult. But um, she, she said to me, would you like to meet me in the city? and I will take you out for dinner. I was eight. I said, well, 
I, I <laughs> don't know. I don't think I'll be able to do that because I can't even read the stops. She said, yes, you can. If you want to meet me for dinner then, and we'll have a great time, you can. So she wrote down Canal Street on a piece of paper. You did this on your own? Yes. I thought maybe you were going to say that somebody no. accompanied you. You did this I. She on told your me own. where to get that the is train. Unbelievable. I got the train and I held. She said, watch every stop that the train stops at, and it will stop at Canal Street. And that's when you get off and just come up and I'll meet you there. And, and I did. So how did you feel? I was scared. I was, I was very frightened. Mm -hmm. But the first time I did it, after that, it was a piece of cake. So you said that one of the things, the thing that she tried to impart to you was to be strong and to be yes. resourceful? Yes. That is a perfect example of how she helped you to, to achieve that. Yes, because she, she was a lady of very poor means, mm -hmm. and she wanted me not to, she wanted me to see the world, really. She, ha she was an artist at heart, so we, she used to take me to galleries, and she had gay friends and black friends and all different race friends, and, and that's how I grew up in those surroundings. Mm -hmm. So every week I would meet her at Canal Street and we would have a different adventure. Just go back to that first time, though, that as an eight-year-old taking the subway and, and getting to the right stop and walking up the steps and seeing your mother, do you remember the expression on her face? No, she was, it was just an ordinary thing for so, somebody to do. She didn't think it was. So that tells me that she was confident that you were going to be able to do what you did. And yes, absolutely. Uh, and that was, I mean, I wanted a register for a day camp program that they had. Mm -hmm. uh, so she said, well, here's a check. Go to the, it was at the y YMCA. Mm -hmm. She said, go to the Y and sign yourself up. I said, I can't do that. She said, well, then you can't go to camp. So I did it. You did it. And that was, I was like 10 years old when I did that. So you learned about being resourceful and, and independent. independent yes I and self-reliant at a very early age yes I did and I had I had a grandfather also I loved my grandfather mm -hmm. but he he sexually abused me when I was uh, about six so and I lived with that but my grandfather my grand grandmother now I told my grandmother, and mm -hmm. she got mad at me, and she didn't believe me. Mm -hmm. So I never said it again. I just closed up. And I at, at what point did you allow yourself to to talk about it and to reveal it? Oh, uh, as an adult, because I felt ashamed. I thought it was my fault. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I loved him. He was one of the people in my life that I really loved, and I was looking. I was a little girl. I was looking for acceptance. Mm -hmm. And he gave it to me a lot. Like he would take me out, and there was a bar and grill on the corner. He would buy me a soda, and he would give me a dollar to buy candy. And so, I I, I didn't know how to perceive all this mm -hmm. until I was like a little older. I knew it was wrong, though. Were you able to reconcile this with him or confront him with no, this? No, no. The, the years passed, and mm -hmm. uh, at that time, I didn't stay with them anymore, you mm -hmm. know, and then I was able, when I was 12, I was staying by myself. What do you mean you were staying by well, yourself? I didn't, because I used to live with my grandmother during right. the week, but right. when I was 12, I said, I'm not staying here anymore, 
and I stayed in our apartment mm -hmm. uh, with my mom, but my mom worked, so but I would be by myself a lot of the times. When you uh, eventually went to school and um, got married, were you, did you maintain a relationship at that point with, with your mother and father, or? or well, my adopted mother, yeah, I well, did, that's yes. what I meant. And my father, my father, my adopted father, that was a whole other story. Mm -hmm. um, he, was a, he was a great guy, but not a responsible guy, mm -hmm. you know. But, um, it, you know, life was lonely. I mm -hmm. was an only child, and um, my mother had to work a lot. And when, I, when she was 12, when I was 12, she had a heart attack mm -hmm. and was in, the, in and out of the hospital a lot, and I stayed by myself. Um, and she always asked me, why don't you want to stay at Grandma's? Why, you know, I, right. I said, no, I don't. Mm -hmm. And she was fine with it because she knew I was capable of taking care of myself. But it was very lonely growing up under those circumstances. Do you have an, an earliest childhood memory that you can share? Uh, well, early childhood memory would be uh, my mom would pick me up from from nursery school, and uh, we would uh, she would buy me an ice cream cone or ices on the way home, and we would talk about the day that we both had. Mm -hmm. And I always remembered that. Mm -hmm. And there was gratings on because um, it was uh, let's see, it was Fulton Street that we would walk under, and there were um, subway gratings. Mm -hmm. I remember one day she said, don't step on those gratings because they're very slippery. Of course, being a child, I, would, I must have been about five, I stepped on the gratings <laughs> and fell. <laughs> and, but these are things that I would laugh about mm -hmm. afterwards. Right, right. She, uh, another ch great childhood memory was when, the weather, when during the summer she'd come home from work and pack a, a, a lunch, a mm -hmm. dinner for us, and we would go to Rockaway Beach mm -hmm. and have dinner on the beach. So, and, and that was like something sure I always be. remembered. I have a lot of great memories about mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. she, was, she was a great lady and underappreciated. Um, did she ever, did you ever tell her um, about the influence that she had on you and how she did inspire you to be the type of person that you are? No, you never had because the I never realized it until she uh, passed away. Mm -hmm. So, which was unfortunate because I, um, I got married very young. I had three children mm -hmm. and she was always angry with me in, at that time because I think she wanted a, 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 an easier life for me and I chose a more difficult mm -hmm. life. So um, I never had the rela re an adult relationship with her, mm -hmm. um, which is unfortunate. None, none at all, or it no, we did, but it was it wasn't good. Mm -hmm. You know, it was tumultuous. Did she ever get to see her grandkids? Oh yes, yes. She loved her grandchildren. Mm -hmm. She was the greatest grandmother, <laughs> much better, easier grandmother than mm -hmm. mom. You know, she would she would take them one at a time because they would they would fight with each other. Mm -hmm. And she would make them all kinds, she would cook for them. She never cooked for me, but she would cook for them and take, she lived in um, downtown uh, New York at the time, mm -hmm. um, in a Mitchell-Lama uh, co-op. So she was right near Chinatown. She mm -hmm. would take them to the theater and to Chinatown and things like that. So they always remember her with great affection. 
Were you uh, still living in Brooklyn when you got married? Yes, I lived. We lived there until um, two of my children were born, and then we moved to Far Rockaway. Mm -hmm. And I, I lived in Far Rockaway. The kids until the children were my children were about um, like my oldest was in middle school, mm -hmm. and then we moved. How did you meet your husband? Um, that was another interesting <laughs> story. I, we used to, I used to hang around the village, because I went to high school in Manhattan, to the mm -hmm. High School of Art and Design. So you commuted every day every from Brooklyn day to from Manhattan, Brooklyn to Manhattan. And you could do that independently? With oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a piece of cake. A piece of cake, right. <laughs> and uh, then w uh, after school, we used to go down to, I was the only child that skipped school to go to a museum. <laughs> And I had like three friends, and we always hung out together. And we used to hang around the Cafe Wa in the village. Mm -hmm. I think it's still there today. Um, Cafe Wa, Wa, it was called. Mm -hmm. And I met Peter, Paul, and Mary what, used to hang out there. They used to recite poetry and sing their songs. And a, a few other movie stars that I I'm going to check to see if it's still there. <laughs> Cafe yeah. Wa. And that's where I met my husband. Uh, he played so the flute. So I was going to ask, what, what were the circumstances surrounding you two meeting and falling in love and getting married? Yeah, I was still in high school when I met him, and mm -hmm. we were madly in love. Every The world was beautiful, you know. Did you know it immediately? Of course, yes. Did you know it immediately? Yes, <laughs> but it didn't last. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a tumultuous uh, relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, we had the children, and I didn't realize we were so young. Mm -hmm. I was like... 18. I, I had a baby at 19 years old. But many years ago, people got married right. earlier, you know. And that's what you did. If you didn't, um, if you weren't going to college, then you would get married and have a baby. Right. <laughs> so. So uh, at what point uh, were you divorced? And how I, old were the kids I was at that 23, point? and I had a mm -hmm. newborn baby and two little children. Mm -hmm. And he, he left. And for a long time, I was very angry at him. And, uh, but we always stuck together what, as far as the children were concerned. We never um, bad-mouthed each other. Mm -hmm. The children were always welcome to love him and love me um, openly. Right. And that's so they how maintained they a relationship up. with him? Oh, yes. In mm -hmm. fact, today, him and I are like best friends. I'm very good friends with him and his wife. I love her. Mm -hmm. So we're a happy family. It, it's a nice dynamic. So. One of the other things that I was going to ask you was, have you shared with your family life lessons that they can take with them through your experiences? And it sounds like you, you have a lot to share with them. Yes. And, and have shared with them. <laughs> I have shared. They know my whole history. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted them, I mean, I didn't have a lot when they were growing up. I worked and took care of three children by myself. There weren't any programs like there are now. My children stayed in the house by themselves uh, when they came home from school until I got home from work. But I also taught them to be very independent, and mm -hmm. I was very strict with them. I was a very strict parent. They'll tell you today, all mommy had to do is give us the look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, they, but you know what, my experience as a parent and yeah. as a, an educator is that if you can find the balance between being firm and imparting information or sending messages to kids that are from the heart, 
they get it. Mm-hmm. And, and they understand that firm and having something come from the heart is a combination that, that does work. Because it equals it, love. It equals love, yeah. You know? So the, the kids grew up, and I mean, we didn't have a lot, but we, they always had enough. And one of the experiences, we moved to Lawrence from Far Rockaway. Mm-hmm. Um, you and, and the three kids? Yes, me and okay. the three kids. Uh-huh. And um, in Lawrence, they found there was a whole different economic kind of families. How did there. you wind up in Lawrence? Oh, because we lived in Far Rockaway. I lived in Far Rockaway, and the mm-hmm. neighborhood was changing. Mm-hmm. And um, but what was it that brought you to Lawrence? Oh, because I found an apartment okay. on Central Avenue that mm-hmm. was affordable, and right. it was a beautiful neighborhood. I thought I had arrived in heaven actually <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when, during those years. Mm-hmm. And um, they uh, they assimilated into um, Lawrence very easily. Mm-hmm. Of course, we had... How a, old were the kids at that the time? The kids were... one. My do, oldest daughter was in junior high school. So what was she, like 13? How mm-hmm. old were you in junior high school? 13. Uh, 13, 14. And then um, a younger one in third grade. Mm-hmm. and That's Lori Beta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, the youngest one going into first grade. So they, they got acclimated very easily in Lawrence. Yeah, they did. And how long did you remain in Lawrence? Oh, for many, many years. And in the interim, I had um, a boyfriend, mm-hmm. and we got remarried and um, moved to Atlantic Beach from Lawrence. We bought a house. Um, I had, it was not a good marriage either. I, you know what it was? I had, I grew up without a man in the house. I didn't know what kind of what a relationship, a healthy relationship was, so I picked, I picked really bad spouses, <laughs> and um, how long did that last? That I was with him for about ten years, but not married the whole time. Mm-hmm. But um, then, when the children, the children were, uh, my older two were out of school already, and my youngest was in high school. Um, I, I left him. You did not remain connected with him the way they no, did? No, not at did. all. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I have no connection mm-hmm. with him. Um, not like I have with my right. first husband. We're good friends. It's mm-hmm. been a lot of years. We have three children together. Like right. uh, One, for instance, I sent him a Father's Day card, and then I wished him uh, a happy Father's Day, and then he sent me back a text saying, I couldn't have done it without you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so you, from Lawrence, you went to Atlantic Beach, Yes. And, and how long were you in Atlanta? Until I got divorced. But the uh, kids could remain in the oh, Lawrence yes, school yes. system. Oh, yes, yes. Even after I got divorced, I looked for an apartment in the area because mm-hmm. my youngest child was still in high so school. So there was continuity in terms of the education and that yes. they were able to stay in that school system. Yes. So you were in uh, Atlantic Beach, um, which is a great... I love Atlantic Beach. Yes, it's beautiful yeah. there. So were you right, you know, blocks from the water. I mean, I guess everything yeah, is, is cl- in close proximity to the yeah, water. Yeah, we were, we Atlantic were in Beach. Atlantic Beach Estates, because uh-huh. that's when I was married. Uh-huh. So it was a nice experience right. living there. The right. marriage wasn't, but the <laughs> but right. living there was. Right. <laughs> um, and you said that you ultimately wound up in Long Beach. Yes. When I first got divorced, um, uh, we moved to... Uh, we moved to uh, to, to Cedarhurst for mm-hmm. a while, and um, then when my children were out of school, 
um, I moved to Long Beach. Mm -hmm. So um, when the kids were growing up and the kids were in school, you were, your focus was, was them. Were you able to, to go to work also? or you Oh, were, I worked. I had did, to work. Yeah. I, I had to earn a living. Right. I didn't, one thing about my first husband was that he, he didn't earn a lot of money at that time, so mm -hmm. money was difficult. So what were the things that, the kinds of jobs that you, you had? Okay, so I worked for a furniture dealer. Oh, when, when he first left my husband, I had three, I had a newborn baby and two little toddlers, mm -hmm. and I got a job working in a waitress, as a waitress in a diner. Mm -hmm. And I worked there four nights a week from five to two in the morning. And it was able, I made a very nice living there. Um, I was able to support my family. And you know, during those years it was all cash. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> so you did that for a number of years? I did that for a yeah. while. And then when the children were in school, I worked, I got a job in a, for a furniture distributor in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Um, and worked, you know, as a, like a gal Friday. Mm -hmm. And then my, f and the traveling was really difficult because I had the three children. I used to have to get up like at five in the morning and uh, take the train and I was so tired. And I had a very good friend that managed the offices of neurosurgeons mm -hmm. that in Cedarhurst. And she said to me, there's a job coming open in my office. Would you like to apply for it? I said, absolutely, I applied for it. I didn't even know how to type too good at that point, <laughs> but she helped me. She was a very sweet friend of mine, and she said, "Just I'll tell you what to do. Just go in and do it. And I got the job, and I was able to walk to work every day. So Marilyn, I'm, I'm going to say that um, it sounds as if you had a work ethic, and you had a vision of, of how you wanted to go about providing for your family and as your kids were growing up my feeling is that they took from you a lot of those um, qualities and were able to be somewhat independent on of the, on their own growing Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah. They were wonderful children. First of all, I have to tell you, my kids were great until they were 12. <laughs> all of a sudden, I had three teenagers and uh -huh. they were horrible. I, and I had nothing to judge it on. I didn't mm -hmm. have any siblings, so I didn't know that children fight with each other or they don't listen to their parents once they go through puberty. So we had a, 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 some tough years there. But they all turned out okay. <laughs> well, I, I tell the story being an administrator in Oceanside and having my kids go through the system. When they were in elementary school and I would go to their school for a meeting and I would see them, they would jump up out of their seats and they'd run over to me and give me a hug and a kiss and say, I love you. And that's the way it was through elementary school. Nice. And when they got to middle school, huh? they said, Daddy, please, if you see us, pretend you don't know <laughs> us. Yes. But the good news is, by the time they got to high school, it reverted back to the way it was in elementary school. And I saw them, if I was in the meeting at the high school, it was the same thing. They'd come over and give me a hug and a kiss and say, I love you. And so it was very short-lived. So it sounds like that's the experience that yeah, you had with Yeah, but mine took kids. a little longer. Uh, they, didn't do, come, they didn't revert back until they were in college. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what, um, you continue to work, provide for them. They grew up and went off to college, well, three? No. Um, my youngest one moved into the city mm -hmm. and got various jobs uh, supporting herself. She worked as a waitress. She worked as a bartender and different things. Um, 
she and she lived in the city for quite a few years. She was so young, but mm -hmm. she survived. She right. was a survivor also. Well. <laughs> yeah, true to form. The apple doesn't she was form. more um, of an artist and had um, friends that Sounds were in like the theater. Sounds like she was exactly where she wanted stuff. to be. Yes. She did. She mm -hmm. had some tough times, but mm -hmm. we got through it all. Mm -hmm. And then um, my middle one, who you know, Lori. So why don't, you, why don't you explain how the connection that you and I have? Okay, so you were the principal of number two school, right. and all my grandchildren went to number two school. Right. So there were three children right. that knew you for many years and my many years, especially. <laughs> I think that they were there when I soon after I, I started as principal, and your daughter was the PTA president, yes, the co-president. Yes, she was very involved. So I worked very closely with her, and talking about the apple not falling far, I, I definitely can see a lot of you in what I know of, of Lori. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's a com I take that as a big compliment. Well, I, I definitely do see the similarity there. Um, oh. So, Lori, um, your, your older daughter lived in the city. No, my youngest. Oh, the, the youngest one did. So, so the older one mm -hmm. um, went to a business school mm -hmm. and um, had a job in the city and then soon got married. She had a high school sweetheart that she married and had three children with and they're still married today. Mm -hmm. So right. that's Are nice. they close by? No, they live in Florida. But my her oldest child, my oldest granddaughter, mm -hmm. came to New York to go to law school and moved to New York, so now lives in New York. So I'm sure you get to see her. Yes, I oh, do. That's great. I'm lucky lady. Mm -hmm. And uh, the her other two were in Florida. Mm -hmm. And um, the three grandchildren that I know Sounds yes. like they're all doing well, they're and, doing I, and I know it's because of their amazing parents and grandmother. Oh. I like to think that school too had something to do with it, also. Yes, <laughs> they had. You know, let me tell you, they had a wonderful experience yeah. in school too. Yeah. It was they were so happy, and they did so well. Mm -hmm. And my daughter made lifetime friends there that they're still friends with today. Well, that um, it is a wonderful part of that experience of being connected to a, a, a community school like uh, like school too. My, my children are still friends with kids that they you know, became close to in elementary school and we're very close friends with, with their parents. And that's a, a wonderful uh, byproduct of, of being yes. connected to a community. Being, being part of this community yeah. is, is yeah. a great gift, it mm -hmm. really was. So how did you, uh, you went from um, Atlantic Beach to Long Beach? Long Beach. And how long were you and in Long Beach? Um, about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't like Long Beach anymore because being a single lady, um, it was like a half hour longer distance to go anywhere that I wanted to go to the city or um, to meet friends. Or, and then also I was renting an apartment and it didn't have a parking spot. Mm -hmm. So that was my big thing, was that I didn't have a parking spot. So that's when I moved to Rockville Center, and that was like 14 years ago, mm -hmm. and that's where I am today. Good. Um, are you still, you're actually very involved now in the community, in the Oceanside community. Why don't you talk a little bit about what it is you're doing and how it is that you wound up doing what you're doing? Okay. So. Uh, many, many years ago, in 1985, 
a friend of mine had a play group of children, just like a class of play uh, of, of preschool children, and she was moving to Florida, and she asked me if I would like to take over the school instead of her closing it. We were in a church, a Lutheran church on Fairview Avenue. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, I don't know anything about it, but I'll try it. Why not? So, and uh, the, the doctors that I was working for, one had passed away because I worked for neurosurgeons mm -hmm. for many years, and I was ready to have a change. Right. So I took over, and that was in 1986. I took over Bright Star Academy and have been doing it ever since. How long was it at that location? Um, it, we were there for two years, and uh, an opportunity came um, by, for, we needed more space. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a, a, a temple on Royal Avenue, right near the Oceanside train station. Mm -hmm. it, it's now a church, because they had, in the uh -huh. interim, they, um, the temple had gone out, uh, out of business and uh, sold it to a church. Mm -hmm. It's a Pentecostal church. And um, so we moved in there, and I was there from 1988 to uh, till 2000. When was Sandy? It was six years ago. Okay, so, till then. Right. And we lost everything. There was six feet of water in the oh building. Goodness. And I never thought we would reopen, but mm -hmm. let me tell you, the community rallied around us. We closed for, it was also a bit of cold during that time. Right. And right. Um, we emptied out the school. We had it cleaned up as much as we could, but the building wasn't good for us anymore. We would have had trouble being relicensed. Mm -hmm. the, the state licensed us again because the whole area was having the same problem. Right, right. So, but it wasn't, it, it wouldn't have been good. And I, we got in touch with Temple of Oda, and they had a school wing that they weren't using. They were only using it for Hebrew school twice a week in the evening. So they, we got together, and by 2000, June of 2013, we moved into Temple of Oda. So it doesn't sound like you were closed for an extended period? No, we were closed for like a month, and um, then we reopened. That, that's amazing. We didn't have heat in the building, but the families came back to us. And how many kids were you? At that time, we probably had about for? 60 children in our care, mm -hmm. but they were full timers, and the parents needed to go to work, and they loved us, so they they really helped us reopen. Well, you're you're talking about uh, the Oceanside community, yes, and the surrounding communities, and during that time, we all had a true sense about what it means to be connected to a community where people care, and during Absolutely. times such as the, the ones that we experienced during Sandy, people just stepped up and helped out. I, I just want to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart because without, without the community, we wouldn't be existing anymore. When uh, that happened, the kindergarten center was hit pretty hard also, and mm -hmm. we, we took some of the classes uh, from the kindergarten center into uh, school too. And um, and the preschool also, and we we did what we needed to do as members of a community and a school district. So you you sense that also. Absolutely, the community was there. In Absolutely, support. and once we moved into the um, into Temple of Oda, 
we're not part of Temple of Bona. Mm -hmm. We're just we, we're in their school wing. Right. Um, it, it, it grew. We grew. We started when we moved in there with six classrooms. Now we have nine classrooms. We're at capacity there. So how many stu total students are you responsible for now? Now we have, well, we're starting our camp season. We have 120 for camp. And then um, we'll start our school season in September. And I ha think we have 111. And how many people work for you? I have 32, 32 people with uh, myself and, uh, and my daughter. So you and Lori are both? Yeah, Lori is the educational director. Mm -hmm. I didn't have, I, I, my background is more business than education. Right. So I do the business end and she does the education. How gratifying that must be for you to oh. be able to work with Lori in, in that way. It is a gift, yeah. I'm sure it is. Yeah. So what is it like to have 30 people working with you, knowing that you're meeting a significant need for those in the community? knowing that their children are in the wonderful hands that Let they are. Let me tell you something. I have the best staff. It's taken me 30 years. I'm still learning. I'm learning every day. But I have wonderful, wonderful people working for me. Well, they're, they're, they're not there by accident. No. They're there because there. you brought them there. Yes, we did. So. But I've learned, each year I learned something else. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things you've learned from, from your experience I've, in that capacity? I've learned not to take things personally. <laughs> That's a big thing when it you It is a big thing. I'm laughing because I, I learned that also. <laughs> and um, to um, and to be, it's okay to be wrong. Mm -hmm. Those are the two big things that I learned. I always say, I'm sorry, we'll try to fix it. Mm -hmm. It's okay. But earlier in life, I probably wouldn't have been that flexible, you know. So I'm, I'm going to say that there there is some turnover that that you must have there, but I have a feeling that there are people working with you who have been with you for an extended period of time. Yes, I have people that, you know, we, we the biggest turnover we have are the um, certified teachers because this is a stepping stone sure. for them. Mm -hmm. In fact, a lot of, the, a few of the certified teachers are working in the kindergarten center now. Is that, you know what, <laughs> I think I know some of them actually yeah. also. That's, that really is very gratifying. That's because of Lori, she trained them. Mm -hmm. And work with them, yeah. you know. Uh -huh. Well, that, that's 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 great. It really is. So, what do you foresee moving forward now? Um, Bright Star is just going to continue to grow, and well, I don't think we're looking to grow any bigger. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to just stay as we are and service the community as many of the community as we can, um, and um, then eventually, I'm I'm 75 now. I'm still working, but I'm taking a little wow. easier. Mm -hmm. uh, and eventually, I, I won't retire. I, I'll work a few days a week forever, mm -hmm. as long as I feel the way I do now. Right. But Lori really works very hard, and eventually, hopefully, sh her daughter might come in and work with Is her. Is that so? Yeah, hopefully. She's doing her PhD in environmental sciences mm -hmm. now. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Where is she? She's at um, University of New Hampshire. Uh, and she's going for a doctorate. Yes. That is amazing. That's great. She always liked to play in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> so as um, somebody who, who has a viable business and you're filling a need in the community, is there a sense of responsibility that you feel as somebody who does provide a service like that 
Absolutely. I feel, first of all, I feel a responsibility to the children in our care that they mm. should get the best, have the best young education which will go forward with them throughout their school life. That, and I think that that's very, very important. And it's a big gift if we can portray that to mm -hmm. the children. Mm -hmm. and, and then they're so loved. We love them so much. Mm -hmm. And I love what I do. When I go to work in the morning, on the days that I work, I'm so happy to be there. And then I have a big responsibility to my staff. I want them to be happy and productive. And if they're happy, they will be productive. And it will be a nice place to be. Mm -hmm. How many, you've been doing this for a while now. Yes. How often is it that uh, kids who have gone through your program come back and visit? I have because second, there's nothing better. I have second generation uh, now. That's Absolutely, a lot yeah. of second generation. Yeah. So are, are there stories or experiences that you can share about that? I mean, Offhand, I'd have to think yeah, there's yeah. many, many stories, yeah. but but, that, uh, but it happens. They come back to yes, visit. Yes, they and come say, back oh. and they remember us, and uh, they want their children to have the same experience. And I'm sure when you're out in the community, you will see people oh, in yeah. the store all or over. wherever. We live in the community, yeah. so we see them all the time. And that's I've always enjoyed uh, that, having lived and worked in the same community. I've always enjoyed that uh, time where people would come over and with their kids or without and just make a connection. It's uh, One funny thing, I was shopping in the supermarket and um, one of my students was who had graduated from Brightsaw, and they never remember me because they were so little when they graduate or if they get shy, but he looked up and he went, Miss <laughs> Marilyn, Miss Marilyn, you eat? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. When you were growing up in Brooklyn, is this something that you, you you had a dream of? Was this ever something that you thought of or dreamt of? Yes. Doing what you're doing now? Absolutely. Really? I always wanted to be a teacher, but unfortunately I didn't have the college education because of my background mm -hmm. and I didn't I had a reading block, so school was difficult for me. So I never got to go to college. I did go to college and take many business courses and English courses, mm -hmm. but I never got my degree. I just have 35 years of experience working in this field. Right. And, that, and I never took on the responsibility that I wasn't prepared for. I always had an, uh, an, you know, somebody who did the education part, which mm -hmm. is Lori, my right. daughter. Right. So. <laughs> and having this experience, 35 years? Mm -hmm. Well, um, 34, actually. 34 years, well, 34, <laughs> 35 years. At this point, Looking back now, um, from all of your cumulative experiences, are there things that you um, share with you, with your kids or even your grandkids now from your experiences and want them to take away from those collective experiences that you've had? Well, a sense of family. Mm -hmm. That's very, very important. We're a very close family. And we call all our children that come to our school part of our family. It's right. a bright star family. Yeah. And we like to extend that. Mm -hmm. And anybody that needs any kind of help or anything that we can get, provide, we'd be, we're more than happy to share our experiences with and, uh, and help you know, to uh, rectify any kind of situation that a family might have. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
my children, I, I, I never thought that I would be lucky enough to have such fantastic grandchildren, and that's because of my children and their parents. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to tell you, Marilyn, that I have truly enjoyed hearing your stories, your life stories, and I can't say you know, thank you enough for, for taking the time to, to share and open up as you did. You shared a lot. In, yes, in 45 did. minutes, you shared a, a lot here. Uh, anything you want to provide or, or, or share in closing? No, I, I think this is an honor to do this, and thank you for mm -hmm. the opportunity. It's been my honor. It really has. So thank you so much, Marilyn. You're welcome.